Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is a poet whose first book, Hymn to the Reckless, came out last year, and she's going to be at the Glastonbury Poetry Festival this year. Erin Fornoff. Hello. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Hi, Erin. This is very exciting. Yeah. Um, uh, you're going to talk to us about a film, a film probably a lot of people haven't seen, so we'll say what it is, and maybe a little, give, and we'll give a little overview of it. Uh, that the movie I'm here to talk about is Tremors, which is a 1990 classic starring Kevin Bacon um, and an actor whose name I can't remember who played the father on Family Ties. Um, also, Reba McIntyre, mm-hmm. the country music uh, starlet. Is that who that is? That is who that is. She's famous uh, when I was growing up for a song called Fancy uh, about a very... Uh, kind of a white trash poor girl who um, whose mom tries to rescue her by getting her a really low cut red dress and sending her out saying just be nice to the gentleman fancy they'll be nice to you <laughs> so Reba McIntyre also stars with the guy who played the father in Family Ties John Gross John Gross yeah and uh, is he the mustache man? Yeah. And yeah. Kevin Bacon is Mr. No Eyebrows, whose yeah. name is Valentine. Yeah. Which is mm. a really and, good name for a cowboy. And to finish it off, Fred Ward is the other lead. Fred right. Ward. Yeah. Yes. Who was 48 yeah. in that film. Go on. Yeah. It's time left for us all. That's yeah. <laughs> time left for good. us all. Yeah. So you said it's a 90s film. So because 1990. It's because it feels like the kind of film that could have been from the 1950s. Do you know what I mean? The, the setup of it and the mm. environment and even the acting feels like older than that you know it's almost like a pastiche of something right it's well they're all so that scene right is in the american southwest mm. and it's this town called perfection that's a population of 14 people it's at the end of this long desert valley with these big mountains and it does look like it could be from another era they're driving some old vintage um beat up pickup truck you know there are these little wooden shacks there's a guy like hoeing his garden with a hoe and they've, you know, sheep kept in wooden fences that do kind of seem like they're out of some old Wild West. Um, oh, yeah. It could be set from any time from the invention of the, the car until now, pretty yeah. much. And it yeah. would make sense. Weirdly yeah. timeless. Yeah. yeah. And I do have to say that, you know, I'm like a poet who goes to lots of poetry readings and ha- can name lots of films, you know, that people study in their like graduate film class, like Harold and Maude and stuff or The Graduate or something. But if I am genuinely honest, this is my favorite movie of all time. Ever. Of all of time. Of all time. Okay. Yeah. Of all time, this is my favorite movie. When did you first see it? I cannot remember. It has just always been in my life. Like, knowing my family, um, we were probably allowed to watch it when we were a little bit too young yeah. <laughs> to be allowed to watch it. But I think we've seen it, I've probably seen it 30 or 40 times. Whoa. And can, like, we could, like, quote the dialogue. Um to each other, me and my dad and my brother. We wa- we had this movie not only taped on VHS, but the actual bought video. The real deal. Yeah, yeah, like with the sleeve and everything. That's thrown down serious cash because videotapes were not... Ex- for anybody, nice, who's, yeah. anybody who's under the age of 30, VHS tapes to buy with films already on them were ruinously expensive. You had maybe a Transformers one and a Turtles one and that's it. And that they might have been bought to you, bought for you by an aunt and uncle for Christmas maybe yeah. at a push and you're kind of very, very delicate with it. Oh them. yeah, like if my dad went away like, to England on business, he'd come back with like a WWF video. That would be the thing. And <gasps> the then you'd, Yeah. 
So having both is like a treasure trove, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I when I was watching it and I was thinking of you, um, uh, listeners, me and Aaron have known each other for a decade. Um, I, I completely understand why it's your vibe because of where you're from. I think you know, like it's a very deeply uh, American and like commute. It's about a community, right? Yeah, it's about so the whole the whole this movie is about this little community, um, who all are there are these like worms that come up out of the ground these like beaked giant worms that come up they kind of look like dicks yeah they do (laughs) they kind of look like dicks with little mouths little mouths and then they have these tentacles that come out of their mouths but they sense vibrations under the ground and then they come up and eat you but it is about this community of like strivers and then there are all these kind of recognizable characters in it like that I would recognize even from growing up like you know, and I, I think this is actually true in Ireland. It's also true in the U.S. that you can waltz into the like the tiny little, the tiniest littlest town, and there is like a Chinese immigrant. Yeah, mm. yeah. And you know, there's, uh, and th- so there's the the guy who runs the general store. Yeah, is the Chinese guy, and then there's like the hippie with her batik skirt on who makes pottery. You know, and oh, has, has she a bunch of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She has a bunch of wind chimes. Like, I know that woman. Yeah. I know that woman. That woman was my preschool teacher. But she also totally lives in, like, Doolin. Yeah, (laughs) totally Doolin as well. Like, this is like an Ennis Diamond Saturday morning market Mm. person, right? And then uh, then there's the Doomsday Preppers. Uh, I love them and I'm obsessed (laughs) with them. So Reba McIntyre, country music star, plays a Doomsday Presser. John... Uh, John Gross. John Gross um, is the other doomsday prepper, and they're there with their like five years worth of food and their generator, their big old gun wall, and their big old gun wall, and like and the thing of and I know those people too. And the yeah. thing about every doomsday prepper is the same thing that's true for every hypochondriac, which is that one day they're gonna be proven right, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is about what that happens. Day. <laughs> yeah, and, and then this movie to steal a line off of our mutual friend Gollum Keegan. This whole movie really is like. The floor is lava. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. You know? The floor is lava. <laughs> it's all about these people trying not to touch the ground because these worms are going to come out and eat them. And then the doomsday preppers are like, this is what we have always hoped for. They are loving it. They're yeah. loving they every it. moment yeah. of it. That's so because we were talking before we started recording about playing Jurassic Park. Mm. After we saw Jurassic Park, you can totally play Tremors yeah. as a kid. We did. Just, I think we yeah. did play. Oh, yeah, I bet you, did yeah. every child kind of born in the mid to late eighties play Jurassic Park? I this think is so, just a yeah. real thing that we all did, right? This is like a yeah. very yeah. heavy fixture in Who everybody's you? childhood. Uh, Laura Dern, obviously. <laughs> sorry, I was hardly Jeff fucking Goldblum, was I? <laughs> to be reasonable. You could have been. You could have been Lex, who is in this film as well. Yeah. No way. That's the kid. Yeah. Is Lex? The, gr- the kid is Lex. From Jurassic Park. The little girl on the poker stick. Oh my god, they're all they're all in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. she spent her early childhood basically getting terrorized by beasts. That's so. why she thrived so well when the uh, dinosaurs yeah. were there. They're, she was like, they're above ground. What's the problem? It's probably why she doesn't act <laughs> anymore as well. Like, yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, like you can see them coming. And that yeah, I actually remember in college, when I was a freshman in college, uh, somebody was like, You should see what Dustin could do. And then Dustin comes in and does a standing jump from the ground onto a table and suddenly becomes this velociraptor. Like, could like, <laughs> jump from the floor onto a table and turn Six into... Six foot vertically. Yeah, like, <laughs> that guy had been playing Jurassic Park and he had, 
you know, it turned into art by yeah. that point. Oh, if you, if you imagine if you're how good your game of Jurassic Park would be, and there was a kid who could be a raptor. Mm. That's With a game a changer. Vertical leap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like the the ultimate games of cops and robbers. Yeah, because right? we used to do like the electric fence bit. Oh. You just throw yourself backwards off a fence. That's fun. We had That's a, a we collective collection of I say trees. Trees is a very strong word for what these small sad twigs were in the green up the road mm. from our house. Like think like suburban panopticon green in the middle, and like a small cluster of twigs that were attached to metal structures that were someday going. Actually, Shit, I think they're on our trees now. But back then they weren't. And you could stand on the wooden structure attached to the trees to keep them standing upright. And we used to call it the high height. So it was extreme Jurassic Park realness. But it's just like a bunch of six-year-olds taking turns to stand on a small wooden pole and like peer across the field for dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Mm. But it meant meant a lot to us, Mm. you know? I would say playing Tremors probably would have been kind of way more tense. Do you know what I mean? Because Mm. the whole world is lava. Yeah. You know, that's... That pole vaulting sequence in the beginning, it should be more comical than it is. It actually just looks like, looks like fun. It looks you know? like it doesn't great look fun. It's yeah. a little like and the music gets all ballet. Yeah, all yeah. Going. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the first time they realize, like the, the gradual figuring out w- of how these things operate yeah. and the escalation. Because there's four, there's four big old tentacle worms under the ground, yeah. right? Yeah, and they figure out one by one how to. Yeah, them. they kind of kill one by accident and then dig it up and see how big it is and how it moves and then you know they kind of learn more the realization that they're actually smart is what makes this film a thing because they could be just literally just vibrations that's it but they learn Mm -hmm. and each one learns from the the last one how the last one died Mm. and what i really love about it is the slow the very very slow reveal because first thing you think it's like little snaky worm things, and they f- they yeah, find yeah, yeah. one and take pictures with it. First you think it's a murderer. You think yeah. it's like a oh the face in the ground yeah. that was really horrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of um, they only show the gory bits for like maybe four seconds, mm. but it's exactly enough. It's exactly know? enough, and also I'm watching it. I realized like in watching things like Game of Thrones or something now, mm. you you're so used to like really extreme amounts of really ugly violence and this actually it's still somebody being like like screaming as they're being eaten alive but like the goriest things are actually like the worms dying themselves yeah you know but they so they kind of really keep the like they could have made it a lot more hideously violent oh yeah the the thing with game of thrones that the violence is so realistic whereas this like kind of cheaper blood and gore is actually it affects you more i think yeah it feels it's an okay slapstick is entirely the wrong word but like i i was thinking about this when i saw us um uh, heavy spoilers um Ooh, or, oh okay well, uh, actually okay. no spoilers it was spoilers for us yeah, but yeah one yeah. thing that i uh kept coming back to i was just like it's just like an exciting murdery stabby time do you know what i mean like it's very scary but a lot of the vi- the violence in it isn't um bone upsetting the way that game of thrones is yeah because the i feel like sometimes films and tv shows use violence as a means of like justice whereas with the kind of mindlessness of the worms or semi-mindlessness mm. it doesn't feel as like loaded or yeah. something it is it is uh, oh my god that's a brain but just but, like animals yeah like eating. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. I'm punishing you for this or yeah. you're doing this because um, you're getting eaten alive because yeah. of who you are. It's um, I'm a big hungry boy from under the ground. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a different level of unsettling mm-hmm. and a different level of fear with that. I don't know. Um, who played the college student? 
I don't know, and I've never seen her in another movie. It's I think her name was Finn Finn Carter, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And I, this is another thing I was really seeing when I saw this movie again. Like, it's actually such a good message for a little girl, right? To be like, you know, this Ke- the Kevin Bacon character who's kind of like a cartoon cowboy, like he has oh. these real like <laughs> yeah. loose joints and like, you know. Bad hair, has his. You the know, hair is so bad. Like, yeah, <laughs> this sort of feathered Farrah Fawcett hair thing, mm-hmm. and he's no eyebrows. smoking, and and he was, you know, he like is. They're going to see. So there's this scientist girl who's doing like seismology in the desert, and they're driving over to see her. And she's he, like, Stewart? "You will have long blonde hair, <laughs> an ass that won't quit, <laughs> magnificent breasts and legs that go all the way up," and then you see this girl and she's wearing she's such a nerd with her little sun cream on her nose like sun cream on her nose and these big unflattering khaki shorts and real normcore and and then she's just like and she just outsmarts everyone she's just incredibly smart and kind of figures out all these ways where they're they're kind of you know talking amongst themselves and overlooking her and then she just kind of sorts everything out um and then they end up ends up they end up with a nice end of movie smooch. Oh, a nice little smooch at the yeah, end. Yeah, nice a real harmless smooch. little smooch at the harmless end. Harmless little yeah, yeah. smooch. And, but it is a lovely, like, you know, it's the, it's the scientist nerd who mm. is the one who kind of really helps save the day. And she rescues mm. herself a lot. She rescues herself and a it's lot. Finn Carter is the actress. <clears throat> um, oh, Finn Carter. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, like in the shop when they finally burst into the shop and uh, kill Mr. Chang. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, jumping across the... Um, the shelves and they yeah. start knocking them over and she just like gets buckled out the window and they kind of rush to see and assume she's dead but she's actually completely just sorted herself out she's up on a water tower yeah she's and like come up here now yeah, yeah I'm yeah. fine I'm glad yeah. her water yeah. her water tower technique was fucking great as well I was yeah. like oh cool that also causes vibrations yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah there was a little part of me with that scene where I was like so you're just gonna get rid of the whole town's water supply <laughs> in the deserts. But I guess she's you know, going back to college, no man. She wouldn't give a yeah. fuck. <laughs> she's grand. She give a fuck. Oh my! I just realized something. So the water attracts them. You know when they're on the rock and they spend the night on the rock to yeah. try to get it to go away. They all piss off the side of the rock before they leave. Oh, they could have sorted oh. it all out. If they're they just hacking onto the toilet. If they yeah. just if they had just gotten their shit together. And not yeah. No, no. Yeah. There you go. That's what came back. Potholes sorted. Right. And there are like, there's Pills nice off. little, oh my God. I swear, the cathedral that is this movie, right? It just, <laughs> like, it, there's such a nice little like circularity, like coming back to the beginning kind of thing. It's like, you know, they start out and as a joke, the guy like fakes a stampede to wake up his friends. Mm-hmm. And then they're they're all like, they, it's almost like, it is like ballet, like what mm-hmm. you were saying there. Cause they're um, looking for the lighter. And that scene what, is so like, great because you're not sure if it's a bat if they've messed up the scene and just kept going or if it's actually yeah. acting. Like they're checking all their pockets and one has the cigarettes and one has the lighter, and then at the end they solve everything with a faked stampede. Yeah, and they're looking all over for the lighter, and, and she like yeah. pegs oh it after my them. God. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fucking cathedral. Oh, my it's a God, really good example movie. of that kind of very particular film theory storytelling mm-hmm. where you forget that it's doing it to you. Where mm-hmm. you're like, this is a really beautifully built machine, yeah. and it's very. It's one thing I said to. Uh, I fell and finished watching it this morning, and I turned to mm-hmm. Kerry, um, my husband Kerry, afterwards, and I was just like, is it just me or was there no subtext in that film at all? And he was just like, it doesn't need subtext. It's a perfect text. 
it's just doing what it's it's doing what it's out to do. I was like, yeah, but it's not about America. He was like, no, Sarah, it's about worms under the ground. It's about <laughs> worms under the ground. <laughs> I mean, totally like the community all bands together. You know, I kind of want to live in a town like that. Oh yeah, I kind of want to live there. Burn Dublin out and just uh, go live in go like, live there. Yeah, the town of in Perfection Valley. With their you know? little like boardwalk porch, oh. general store, and and I remember in high school, right? I had this drama teacher, Mr. McAfee, who was like absolutely brilliant, and we were, you know, we'd watch movies like The Razor's Edge, which is this amazing kind of. Bi- thing that Bill Murray got made that's his amazing movie and um, even in that he would kind of stop and explain the jokes to us or, or the lines in it saying like okay well when he says you know when he gets the white wine here or makes a joke about it being cold white wine is served cold and red wine is room temperature but just the kind of teacher who would know that like kids Neat. wouldn't understand that yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Um, pinpoints and I think we ended up watching some like 15 hour um, you know, v- filmed version of like Nicholas Nickleby from some London Whoa. play, and so it was like, you know, high level, high level stuff. And then at one point he was, I mentioned, I think I actually had just said that Tremors was my favorite movie of all time, and he was like, "That is the greatest B movie ever made." Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah it, it feels to me like a movie that loves B movies, but yeah. it's not winking at you. I mm. feel like if you see films now that are like, I co- I went to film school and I have done an influenced. Yeah. yeah. Show your work. It's like Wes Anderson being like, da 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 Fellini. Like, look where I learned all my shit from. Whereas Tremors is like, no, I am a B movie. Yeah. I was there. Fuck you. Do you know what I mean? It's not aping anything else. Mm. It is itself. But in that, it is yeah. a perfect B movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, and I think, even all these little things in it, like the way they, the way they like swear, mm. I think was like formative for me <laughs> in the number of times I watched that. It's very that. approximate cousin, isn't it? It's like, it's yeah. around the edges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, like, God damn, praise the Lord. Or like, and the, and the line that my dad always loved that we used to say sometimes around the house is, um, so the doomsday preppers are there, like Reba McIntyre, etc. And the worm breaks into their basement. And everybody can hear them off in the distance. They think they're going to die. And then the camera pans over to this gun wall. Yeah, the gun wall is pretty great. That's the best great. joke in the film, it's I think. The yeah. Yeah. And the elephant gun in the fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh glass. And so they're just like firing away. And then all the other people can hear all these gunshots echoing across the valley. I think and like maybe they have a shot. And this is like, oh my God, it's like the best day of the doomsday prepper's life. But then at the end, when they finally kill this worm, the guy's there and he's like breathing really hard. And Reba comes over and, he go, and he's like, Broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that's a perfect, perfect line. And we used to say that around the house. It was like my dad's favorite line from the movie. Because um, he says it with such fucking joy. The both of them are like vibrating yeah. with adrenaline. And she goes right under in. Because yeah. she goes in for the hug, right? Which mm. I thought was a really, she just goes right in under his arm. But it's like. If I had been in that situation, I wouldn't want anyone to touch me for the rest of my life. And you're going in for the cuddle, they you know? Like, they're loving. On yeah, they're this. loving their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They totally yeah. had a, like a real quick one against the gun wall before they went out to join everybody else. You know what I mean? Like among the blood and guts of gore of the fucking dick snake, they were like, one more for the road. It's fucking the gun wall is it is a brilliant visual joke, but it doesn't go too far. It's 
exactly a joke, but it doesn't, it's not hammy. And it's like mm. legitimately know? what someone might have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fully. Like it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense. So they, yeah. they go through all the different kinds of guns. And there's yeah. sort of a reference check to need this one or this one. What do you think? And it's, it's fucking very funny. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, but it's not funny in a way that's like, try, it's not panto. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a movie in disguise as a B movie. It's just they're funny. not making fun of anyone. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I think that's re- that's and actually like, it. Yeah. And and because it would you know, sure, make fun of the doomsday preppers, like the end there are these giant the worlds co- worms coming up <laughs> in the ground. Like they're pretty it seems like they had a fair point. And it's like everybody in yeah. some regard has a role to play during this crisis. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's lots of World War Three jokes. And I think uh, Mustache uh, Doomsday Prepper at mm-hmm. one point is just like, God, like, goddamn giant worms or something. Like of all the things <laughs> that I didn't prepare for, you yeah. know? But um, everybody has a role and it, all, it almost feels like an ensemble. And like there are deaths and there are people picked off bit by bit. But by the time they make it to the rock at the very end after they've escaped the yeah. town and they're like totally fucking island of themselves off in this mountain... Um, it it does look like an ensemble. Everyone has a tiny role to play that makes sense. Like yeah. it's a teenager, the macrame lady and her cute daughter. Like there is, it 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 looks like a a, a mobile community, and you're rooting yeah. for all of them. Yeah, you know. And uh, I don't know. Just it's um, it's a real warm film, given that it's about giant worms. Yeah, yeah, and people kind of looking after each other, and yeah, like they find. The first people that die, they find just because like neighbors are going to check on neighbors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's how, that's how it happens. There's so many like great individual (laughs) shots in the film. Like when they hear the radio at that building site Mm. and start digging away the dirt and find a headlight shooting straight up from the ground. Mm. That is a great shot. And even the shot before that where they're burying, this is where, like what I'm saying, where they can, they avoid like really unnecessary gore mm-hmm. like they're burying this woman in a station wagon and they could have shown her like choking on dirt or the worms coming in mm-hmm. and, but it said they just showed these headlights in the night kind of pointing up in the air and then slowly one goes away and then the other one goes mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. and it, it just they oh my god I just <laughs> love there, there is some cinematography to yeah. it as well. and the relationship yeah. between uh, kevin bacon and the more handsomer one Fred Ward. Thank Fred you. Ward. More handsomer yeah. by far. Yeah, yeah. Their relationship is really um, like, it's not brotherly. It's not homoerotic because I was just like, hung- I was hungering for the subtext. And I was just like, they just have a really nice kind of odd friends. friendship. Yeah, They're yeah. Good. I was just like, bro, back man, what with sandworms? Give me some <laughs> subtext. No subtext. Just two kind of dudes rolling around you know yeah. and that we left a day too late was one of the things that they yeah. say to each other mm-hmm. like you're about to leave town and then you get this micro apocalypse you mm-hmm. know it's like a it's a lovely a lovely setup and they both have great cowboy boots the yeah. costumes in this are fantastic yeah like across the board it's amazing like down to the white cowboy hat at the end oh, oh yeah <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's a dress hat mm-hmm. so are you like a big b-movie fan otherwise or is, is tremors kind of like your one an outlier I mean, I don't, what else counts as a B-movie? I just kind of put this on the pedestal of the greatest B-movie ever made. And, like, what even else counts as a B-movie? Like, did Tremors make you hungry for other films about giant worms under the ground? But you know what I mean? Not yeah, quite. I feel like it's kind of just served its purpose. I saw a couple of the sequels, which were, like, devastatingly oh bad. Are there sequels? There's six. Yes. It came from under the Tremors? There's, <laughs> like, there's Tremors, Aftershock, Tremors, Back to Perfection, then there's a prequel set in the 1800s. Oh, God. And then one set in an Arctic base and one set in, a, in South America, I think. 
Yeah. That's a five. lot of And there's tremors. only one character who's in all of them. No way. And it's Michael Gross. It's Michael Gross, it's not John Gross, by the way. Doomsday Prepper is in all of them. Whoa. Yeah. Of all, talk about like a shift in focus. It's actually about this guy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Six. So yeah, in, in the second one, the returning characters are him and Fred Ward. Fred Ward. Yeah. And then from then on, he's the only one. He plays his own great-grandfather in the prequel one. Wow. To yeah. make sure he's still in there. He just loves killing worms just loves them like loves it lives it. in plague in his family for generations <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. that's fucking wild yeah like I don't know and I, I, I think in the later ones they start having little it's almost like they hatch these things that look like little birds like they have little feet yeah and like they go all these other directions but it's um, it's just like the problem with most horror sequels is that like the first movie does such a good job of this delayed reveal mm. yeah um and then the sequel a doesn't have that but also doesn't try mm. so they, oh, yeah because there's a big worm yeah. coming out of the ground in the first minute and where like, do you really go from and there? part of the power of those sort of tense environments and that kind of horror is the unnamed and the unseeable like if you don't know what it's called and you don't know what it looks like but it's yeah. gonna fucking eat you like that's where the fear the, the fear is the unknown right yeah. but once you know what it is and you've seen it blown yeah. up and you're like oh but we won because there's that great scene mm. where they're like trying to come up with a name for them they're arguing oh, about yeah. what they should be called but then in the second one they're, they're just they're called graboids that's it and that's what they're called from then on it's not even that. It's not yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's better when they're just the worms. Yeah. yeah. So sandy boys. So. <laughs> Hungry sandy boys wiggling around. I just love every everything about it. I just love so much, and I actually think it would be interesting to see. I because I think I picked up turns of phrase from it, or little linguistic moves. Yeah, like I briefly like dallied with learning to play the harmonica mm. <laughs> i don't know if that it's hard to even like quantify what are the like what you definitely own cowboy boots this. oh yeah i have several pairs of cowboy boots <sighs> the cowboy boots are like just the i have a pair of white ones dave Roden got me a pair of white ones in texas and i wore them to a party recently and like my sister and three other people were like sarah you need to take them off <laughs> and i was like why <laughs> they're like what's wrong with you and i was like no i'm dolly parton now but i think i'm way too irish to wear my beautiful white cable boots you can wear them you can wear them like i went i went to a like a nice wedding um once and i was walking out of the door and i was staying with like someone's aunt and I was walking out the door wearing a dress and my cowboy boots and oh. was stopped by the aunt. It was like, mm-mm. And was sent back inside and given a pair of, like, pumps that were a size and a half too small. What but I was these people so telling you not to wear cowboy <laughs> The two kinds of people in the world, right? The wearers of the cowboy boots and cowards, right? The cowboys and the cows, right? Like, like this saved the day. <gasps> oh, no. And I, because there's loads of good action sequences in Tremors. And I think there's one when the first worm uh, gives itself a, uh, uh, it brings it about its own end by like lamping itself into a dam from the wrong end. And they're, yeah. they're like, yes, fuck you. Stuart knocked yourself out. They're delighted with their lives. And they hop. There's like a moment where the camera holds on the two of them climbing down and they're both wearing obviously like fucking like dusty Levi's with with these perfect dusty cowboy boots. And I was like, aesthetic. It me. I want to be that right there. Um, and uh, that's it's that lovely neutral costuming, which lends it yeah. the, mm. the sense of this could be at any time in history. Yeah. And uh, is also somehow 
unbelievably 90s yeah. at the same time. Like it's oh. no cowboy boots are not 90s at all. Cowboy boots are are they're timeless. They're a timeless classic. Erin <laughs> Mine are so good. They're like a cream, like uh, slightly decimated leather, and they're they're a bit pointy now for me. But you can un you can undo that after a bit of wear. I want to you know? see them. I think you would enjoy them. They're very good. I can wear some of mine as well. Will you? Like cowboy boots are <laughs> timeless. There's no nine. I mean, maybe some of the patterns or something as nineties, but. Cowboy boots are just cowboy boots. They're just for everyone who wants to go out on the yeah. prairie. Wrangling I think cows. the ability to wear them without uh, being visible on your face, I am wearing cowboy boots. It's probably a late 80s, 90s thing. Yeah, just, just existing <laughs> in them. Yeah. Guy, uh, I, in, not in my school, but in the school. Up, I went to an all-girls school, but there was a mixed school up the road that most of my friends from my estate went to. And a lad, uh, there was a new lad um, in the school. He was French. And he used to, not with a school uniform, but at battles of the bands and at gigs, he used to wear fucking cowboy boots. And it was this. I had never seen him, but there was, I, I know him now, obviously. But um, before I ever met him, some of the girls in his class had acquired a passport photo of him and were like, look at this man who has come to our school from a different country, wears cowboy boots. And for me, it was the cowboy boots. I was like 15. Mm. Imagine being 15 and living in fucking Northside suburbs and having the sheer gall to knock around in cowboy boots like they're yeah. still like the the pinnacle for me the hat mm. too far but the, the shoes son no. of rambo does that as well yeah with the french kid with the eyeliner oh my god yeah rambo <laughs> fucking hell i haven't thought about that film in ages that, yeah, it's always one kid from somewhere else who comes in and turns your world upside down yeah, yeah. like, god damn it. like i remember I, I lived in washington dc for a while and they would all people who lived there for a long time would always say that with a new like government administration, like a new president, it sort of changes that all the people who come in to like work for them or work mm. for people, you know, all the ancillary things. Um, like the culture changes a little bit. But like, and one of the things they said was that when George W. Bush was president, you just see lots of men wearing cowboy boots with their suits. Wow. Um, and then there was much less of that when Obama was in. That's wild. I don't know yeah. what the hell's going on there now. Like Probably jack really boots? Really is it jack <laughs> boots now? I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I don't need, oh God, what, what are we doing now? Oh, but white hoods and jackets. Yeah. Large <laughs> white hoods and big old guns. Yeah. Gun wall, a gun wall in every home. <laughs> but uh, the, I bet the thrift shops in DC have really good cowboy mm. boots. Like that's mm. what always happens. In time, I, have a, I have a slightly more respectable pair of rodeo boots because seemingly rodeo cowboys only wear their boots once. And then they give them away because they have to be turned out, you know, mm. uh, for mm. every rodeo. So uh, there was a wave of these boots called Justins in San Francisco. They're like mm. little little dinky boots. I have a pair of them. They're not as they're not as hardcore on a cowboy mm. as uh, as the big old uh, serious jobs that are in Tremors. They're so good. I don't know. Was there the story of of Paradise Valley is never really told. Like why everybody's in that valley? Why the fourteen of them are there? But I don't think it needs to be because again, it's it's like the makeup of every random little town it's mm. someone there's always people in some random little town mm. where you're like how did you get here Don't they like, say the preppers are there because, because it's cut of off because it's always yeah. yeah yeah and then like if you're kind of like living this hippie out in the country mm. um like making your pottery out there and then and then the the doctor and his wife like want to be out in nature, looking up at the stars, and do too many years in the ER, just gonna yeah. slow down. Yeah. Lives, you know? And I then they're little like, farm, yeah. they're farmers yeah. and ranchers. I think it's like types. anywhere. Like if you can live somewhere, then people will, mm. pretty much, and you can just about live there. 
Yeah. As long yeah. as you have a shop that has. And the one random teenager yeah. who was just there for seemingly no reason. I'd be a dick if I was a one teenager. Yeah, there, him, his dad, him and his dad, and yeah. and then yeah, so they're only kind of two young people. Mm. Um, the cranky teenager is great, and the 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 handing him, baiting him into running across <laughs> the sand yeah. with the revolver, and then his realization that he was handed an unloaded re- like that's the minute where you realize that Apaco's prepper dude actually does have the capacity to probably be the hero of the story. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The, yeah. the movie could have been led by him. Mm. He has a, that's a brilliant moment where the the revolver is unloaded. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what does he say? He's like, I wouldn't trust you with. Uh, what does he say? I wouldn't trust you with like something let alone with a gun he says something really good. oh yeah really good. major run yeah i can't remember what that was but yeah the teenager's pretty good as well yeah and then like the whole like val and earl the two main characters are handymen like they really are just taking care of this village yeah the whole yeah. time like that's literally their job from There's the, the caretakers to, pretty like, much yeah, yeah. i'm gonna yeah. fix your sewage line and i'm gonna do your fence and i'm gonna go check on the guy who's up on the the pylon and mm. and then but they what a horrible way to go yeah that guy yeah, the full of horrible ways to go yeah the film, I think. but dehydrating but on top of an electricity pole for three days is that's pretty, pretty horrible grim. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and they're like asking themselves why like that's actually because you don't know in the very beginning yeah other than you know you know we all now know what the film's about but like if you go into tremors blind you yeah. know that's fucking bleak it's like, bleak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes pretty hard. It's mm. bleak. Mm-mm. But they do just continue to take care of everyone. Yeah. Like mm. they, you know, they come back, they get out of town and then come back when all they start seeing all these dead people and then they go and look, try and look for the doctor and then they're like, look here, they're coming this way and they check on the girl and and then lead everybody to safety yeah. as much mm. as they can. Through all of the floor laving and like the ways that they do it, that sequence where Val makes a break for the um, the tractor, the the cat, you know, yeah. mm. um, when they're moving from the general store is that shit that is the general store roof is that that they're on yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he fucking pulls a quick one and doesn't let his mate go out and he goes out instead yeah. and um, like there is a like a structural strategy to how they move. Like there's lots of weird little set pieces. Like at one point mm. they're all in the big old buckets at the back of the caterpillar, yeah. you know? And it's just like a bucket of people, you know? Yeah. Here's everyone who lives in this town <laughs> in a giant bucket being dragged across the <laughs> desert, including the children, mm. you know? Um, the college student is somebody I think is really interesting because you said earlier on that she kind of does just sort her own shit out. Yeah. But she also isn't above being like, every so often they'll be like, so what's it called? And she's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're asking yeah. me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're college. She's just like, like what what are you talking yeah. about like she's everybody in it feels quite total mm. do you know what i mean like it's a uh, it's not like characters who are there to serve purposes in terms of propelling the story forward yeah there's you kind of they're not to be bounced off yeah yeah it feels like a movie about people and not just about characters yeah. you know? even t- in tiny fragments i did say to myself when i was watching it there is a scene where she uh, her ankles get like bound by barbed wire yeah. and oh. the thing is trying to get her and I was that was the one time where I was like you are not even trying to rescue yourself you're just like squealing and squirming on the ground and like come on get up come yeah. on yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you know that was like the one thing that seems like that is the one okay, place a yeah. girl in the 80s horror movie is and that like, is the one scene yeah. where she ends up in her underwear as well yeah so yeah, yeah to sit without yeah. her pants on with her leg out you know what I mean yeah. though, though, that's a lovely like tropey kind of thing because there is a moment where you think is it going to be mustache lad or Kevin Bacon who's going to shift a lady but then you see 
Kevin Bacon like mending her leg. Kevin Bacon mends her leg, and then mustache guy Fred Ward is also like checking her leg. Get on! Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Look, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, His his at the end when she goes up to him for the shift and she's like, "I'm I'm leaving. Thank you for like doing some murders with me." Blink blink, and he's like, "Yup." Like, you just can't speak to her. That's actually yeah. kind of a brilliant sequence as yeah. well. Because you're like, come on now, you know? But there's a lovely, awkward, say, minute and 30 seconds of him just not being able to speak, you know? Yeah. Which is a lovely uh, contrast to him being, like, an action hero. Yeah. And then Earl's like, come on. Mm, he's so good. It's so good. And then, they, you know, they, like, kiss on the street that's finally safe. And then the Reba McIntyre song, like, swells. Yeah. Over the credits. It's actually, like, that's a banger as well. I kind of sat through. Oh, like, they're yeah. all very good bangers. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. all bangers. All of Reba's <laughs> stuff is a banger. Her fringe is really good. I feel like she has a lovely uh, impossible to carry off now fringe, which is one of those just sort of French pompadour, like a stack it's of like curls. It's like a feathered tarantula yeah. It's just thing. like, boom. Yeah. Here is my like, ex- like fringe with a mind of its own. Yeah. Like, she's brilliant. Like, and uh, I didn't realize she was a country singer. There you go. The more you learn. She's a single, um, single name star now. She's Reba now. Yeah, she's a yeah. country legend. She has like a t- chat show now, so I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you should li- uh, listen to that song, Fancy. I will. I'm gonna mm. go do my research now. <laughs> and be like learning, unpacking more things about different, uh, different tremors actors. Did tremors make you wanna? It didn't make you wanna make B movies, did it? You know, because you're a poet, and the work that you make is, um, like it's it's literary and it's on the it's on stage mostly as well but um did it ever make you want to tell like not like monster stories did it ever pull you that direction or was it just something that propelled you forward in terms of like that was an excellent piece of storytelling i'm gonna go do it's that more my own just way. like i would love to make something that has like a plot that exciting mm. no but like lots of poems do if you like lots of your poems work that way right where like they're structured in such a way where you go somewhere something changes and you come back well i hope that some of them are telling a story but yeah. this just even just the part about like all these people come together and rescue themselves and mm. it's all about caring about each other yeah um because they didn't have to try and rescue everybody they could have just like turned gotten against the hell out of judge yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, there's um, definitely another version of that fucking film where they all just turn on each other that's where the film stops being a thriller and starts being horror. Like the horror in Tremors would have been if everyone had just turned against each other. That's or the Stephen King left. version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or they yeah. all just like bailed. Bailed, you know? Instead of minding their valley together. Yeah. Oh, we should mention um, the executive producer of this film is Gail Ann Hurd, who co wrote Terminator. Both right. films have pipe bomb finales. Whoa. So that's obviously a Gail Ann Hurd joint. Real into it's the pipe, pipe bombs. bombs. Oh, yeah. and the pipe bomb thing too, I think is something that I loved um, as part of growing up because we used to like make fireworks and little bombs for fun. Okay. Um, wow. Like where I grew up in the mountains and then um, there was this little cabin out in the woods in Southern Virginia um, that we go to that was all about like making fireworks, making little bombs, the best little bomb that you could make um, don't it instruct was. our listeners how to make a bomb, Aaron, please, God. No, it's easy. It's easy. It's like you take a little paper cup and then you put black powder in the bottom and then cut a little circle out of cardboard and then you fill the rest with, they don't have this in Ireland, but you fill the rest with non-dairy coffee creamer. 
Oh, like a Nestle. Like I know the one. Powdered. Mm. It's like powdered fake milk. Yeah. And I have I have <sighs> consumed that in such horror. Like I was yeah. in, in quantities that would embarrass you. I it's, love that shit. It's yeah. like to our Irish listeners, it's <laughs> very. It's much more common, like in an office or something in the U.S. That they just have this powdered. M- Milk, milk question mark because it never goes bad <laughs> so you would pour that into your coffee um but it, that it's incredibly flammable it's also like a flour mill flour mills used to blow up back in the day because the flour floating in the air mm. is like really flammable so and then in the bottom of these little things you poke a little hole and you put in some cannon fuse whoa so like there's just a, knocking around the gas <laughs> yeah, just have loads of it like I don't feel like you can get that in hoodies like I don't so there's a joke but there's a joke in this movie there where is, he's yeah. making Household. these pipe bombs yeah. where he's like um what is that and he's like oh it's cannon fuse and they go what do you use that for and he goes my cannon <laughs> but I, I th- like cannon fuse was always just like something that we would have had around in That's terms of making these the wildest little... thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Every so often, when Erin goes home to the States, she'll send me in a video of, of like just a river with a bunch of giant tires going down it being like, fuck you, going to have a beer and a tire. And we'll fully <laughs> just be floating down the river on a giant t- tire drinking cans. Like uh, for, for years, Erin's been trying to get me to go to her uh, family uh, family's gaff in New Orleans. And I'm all, I don't know why. I, keep, I, don't, I think I should do that this year to be there. Like, you yeah, know? And then this is North Carolina. Like where they and yeah like it's brilliant that yeah. kind of, and there are doomsday preppers around like mm. i know somebody who works for a solar panel um company there and like half their business is doomsday preppers yeah. it's not hippies it's mm. not like socially conscious climate change people it's doomsday preppers it's people who are mean, like maybe those are socially conscious climate change people as well but they're definitely like planning for the end of the world mm. like hopping off the grid is uh too real the temptation is yeah. too real. Yeah. I went hiking up the side of the Wicklow Mountains there recently. I was looking at all these stupidly big gaffs and I was like checking the real estate. I was like vomiting on myself. I was like, I'll never be able to prepare for a doomsday on the side of the Wicklow Mountains. Never. <laughs> but mountain because above ground. Yeah. Above ground. Do you know what I mean? There's a little tiny seed in me that's like, you want to live by the sea, not under the sea, bitch. You know, <laughs> you got to get up a mountain. Like it's all, I can feel yeah. that paranoia creeping in. But there's a big difference between fantasizing very softly about fucking it mm. all and then moving to the countryside and being like, I have bought, I have invested 10 grand in solar panels for my house for when the electricity in the world disappears. Like that's a, there's a leap there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's, it's fucking, it's book wild. Yeah. It's book wild. I don't know. Not only in America, but I feel like Irish people just aren't that hardcore. Yeah. Like we just don't have the, we <laughs> just don't have the push. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Yeah. So to finish up, if someone hasn't watched Tremors yet, what would you say to them to, to get them to watch it? Okay. Why should someone watch um, Tremors? Well, Kevin Bacon is a superstar, mm-hmm. right? And this is an early... He's only baby. Early dawning of Kevin Bacon in an ensemble cast in a beautiful setting where a group of, you know, intrepid small town people battle... A menace coming from underground, <laughs> which are giant worms. Also, that's just it. These giant worms with beaks. Beaky worms, yeah. Can hear you when you walk and they're coming for you. And how it's just everything about it is magnificent. It is a cathedral of film. Yeah. 
Like, I just, I love it so much. I actually just, I was even thinking about this. I just have such affection for this movie. Like, you know, I watched it again this morning and I could easily go and watch it again after this. <laughs> oh, I just love it so much. And every line in it, there are all these, you know, little gags and everyone just seems really like each other. Everyone seems to really like each Everyone other. Everyone just That's like it. really likes yeah. each other. You know, there's no villain. It's almost spiteless. The yeah. worms are the only villains and they're even just kind of... Doing hungry. Thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> They're just hungry. Like, yeah. Alone. So there we go. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank oh, you, Aaron, for enough. Cool. Goodbye, everybody. Oh. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, so we're back. We're back. Thank you again to Aaron Fornoff. Oh my god. Uh, it was really great to watch Tremors again. Yeah, it was brilliant. Like, for the first, I hadn't seen it, so yeah. I went and I. It's one of those lovely juvenile texts that I got to watch for the first time for this mm-hmm. show, so it was a brilliant way to watch it. Yeah, I normally haven't seen the films, so it's weird that the one I have seen before is the 1990 B movie about worms, when I hadn't seen E.T. before. Yeah, so I hadn't seen Dirty Dancing, so that's like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a whole round of first, and Erin was tremendous. Um, I wholly, entirely recommend that you check out her poetry online. She's on YouTube, um, and her book of poetry, Hymn to the Reckless, uh, the, the title poem has never failed to make me cry um she's a remarkable performer and is uh, available to view on stages uh a lot so you should follow her and check her out um because your life will be better when you do yeah there you go. so let's do some thank yous yeah thank you to cassie thank you tall cassie. Tales. thank you tall she's tales. right over there hey cassie hi cassie thank you uh, for producing this episode and for that uh, recording us and hosting us and all the things that Cassie does. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Dean McDonald for artwork. Our lovely artwork, Heidi. Thank you yeah. so much for Hope everything. you're having fun in Vancouver. Yeah. Hi, uh, Alan. <laughs> hey, Alan. Yeah. Hope you're doing good. Yeah. Um, who else should we thank? Uh, should we talk about Patreon? We have. Oh, we talk about our Patreon. Yeah. Our Patreon is there. It's uh, we're delighted that, that people have supported us. Oh my god, um, such a relief. Thank you. Yeah. Um, very generous. If you so it starts like one dollar a month and you'll get a badge and a sticker and for five dollars a month you'll get like some bonus episodes where we talk about things that were important to us a bit later in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first one of those will go out soon. There'll be like at least four a year, but the first one will be soon. So yeah, it's Patreon forward slash juven juvenilia. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um follow us on all social media bits. Oh yeah, so it's juvenilia underscore something everywhere pretty much. There we couldn't get the same one for across everything cuz it's 2019 nobody has that. We have that lovely pink logo. You can find us wherever. You'll find us. Yeah. Um Sarah is Grifsky. Yeah. Sarah's book Other Words for Smoke is out now. Um <gasps> yeah. I love it. Everybody loves Thank it. Thank you. Uh, every single flat lays every sweet in the belly. Oh my god, the flat lays. There's a hashtag. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I can't take it back now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so go by that and I, You're I, Alan I, I have Twitter. this this is all I have yeah I have else. Alan is very good on Twitter and you should follow him on Twitter because sure. he'll make your life better yeah so He's we will takes. yeah no oh, thanks uh, we'll see you in two weeks I guess see you in two weeks oh before we go please oh. listen to other uh, podcasts on the Tall Tales Network oh yeah the Creep Dive which I'm unashamedly obsessed with so actually yeah just listen to, listen to the Creep Dive it's yeah. very very good it's my wife's favourite podcast yeah, which, I on, still, which I'm still okay <laughs> with that, that's her favourite podcast not this one uh. it's fine <laughs> alright bye everybody bye